welcome to another C3 Church Rockingham podcast. For more information about C3 Rockingham, please visit www.c3r.org.au. The quality of your life is measured by the quality of your relationships. And so the framework of our true source of life in relationships is based in Matthew 22. And we're gonna read from 37 to verse 40. It's the two most important commandments. Now don't switch off now because this is really important. You're thinking, I know that passage of Scripture. Let us look at it in another light this morning. Let us also look at it from the passage translation. The backdrop to that is there was a Pharisee and he heard Jesus talking to a Sadducee and you know, Jesus just nailed it. This Sadducee asked him a question and he just nailed it. He just got it right on point. And so this Pharisee thought, well, I'm gonna try and trip him up. And I'm going to ask him this question. And he said, teacher, what is the most important commandments that we must follow? And this is what Jesus said in verse 37. He says, love the Lord your God with every passion of your heart, with all the energy of your being and with every thought that is within you. Oh, that's scary, isn't it? This is the great and supreme commandment. And the second is like it in its importance. You must love your friend in the same way you love yourself. Contained within these commandments to love, you will find all the meaning of the law and the prophets. Or we could translate it in contained in these two important commandments is the meaning of life. Love God with every passion of your heart with all your energy and with every thought. And then he said, the second that is equally important is love others as you love yourself in the same way you've loved me, with every passion, with all your energy and with every thought. It's challenging, isn't it? Oh, that's just me, right? (laughs) I would say that's very challenging. Love. You know, we use that word love so loosely in our culture. And especially, you've probably heard before, in our English language, it's so limited. It's just one word for everything. I love my husband. I love my kids. I love ice cream. I love my dog. Well, I don't love him this morning. He ripped up my carpet, but I love him anyway. You know, we use that so loosely because the meaning of it is really lost in its translation. And so... Loving and love is, is, is broken down in the Greek language. And, uh, you know, some say four meanings, some say six, some say five, but I've found seven meanings in, in the Greek language. And so the first one is the eros one. It's where we get the word erotica from, erotic. And it's in regards to sexual passion. And so for all the singles, this is where you just turn off right now. So... It's regards to sexual passion and it's in the context of marriage, in the context between a husband and a wife. And there's the phileo kind of love where it's deep friendship, where there's a deep friendship, where there's sacrificing. And this is where you get your battle buddies, where you walk through deep trenches with people. It's the ludus kind of love. It's called a playful love. This is where we get to... uh, um, uh, you know, enjoy acquaintances and, and enjoy the social settings with people. 
And then there's the pragma kind of love, where it's long-standing love, where it's enduring love, giving love rather than expecting it to come back. Then it's the fellatia love, self-love. You gotta love yourself, but not in the selfish way. Because if you really love yourself as a person, then you got plenty to give to others. Then it's the storegate kind of love, where it's a familiar love, where you love your children and you love your, 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 your mother or your father. It's, 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 it's a familiar kind of love. And then there's the agape kind of love, the unconditional love, the God kind of love for everyone. That doesn't mean we trust everyone, but we love everyone. And so it's really important for us to break this down because there is a different kind of love, but regardless of all, God has put the Holy Spirit in our hearts and the love of God that's been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit is the love that we are to give to one another, to everyone. Where we love everyone, where we truly love everyone and want the best for everyone. That's the God kind of love. So that's why I said from the beginning that your life is measured by the quality of love within your relationships. Because at the end of the day, when we get to the end of our life, what is the most important thing? Um, The most important thing is our love relationship with God, our love relationship with our loved ones and our love relationship with one another. See, your relationships will happen either by design or by default. And our relationships, whether it be good or bad, they're based upon our parenting, how we've been parented, or by experiences, by our conditions or our conditionings. And if the God kind of love is not in your framework, be it that a thought process or a habit or even a person, then we can rewrite the script. We can rewrite the narrative of our story, but it's up to us to reset our relationships, up to us to reset and not go into default. And it doesn't matter how old you are or how young you are, you can reset your relationships. You can make a decision today that I'm gonna follow the God kind of love. I'm gonna walk in the manner of the, and apply all the meanings to this in our relationships. And obviously in a marriage, all those seven, we gotta uh, uh, operate in our marriage, in our covenant relationships. But you know, when it comes to doing life with different people and, and different circumstances, there is, there is a framework for us to operate in and that is the unconditional agape kind of love. See, if we're not careful, we will repeat what we don't repair. And if God is not in our framework, if the God kind of love is not in our framework, we'll just continue to repeat what we don't repair. So as I mentioned this morning, I'm gonna give us some practical, helpful tips to apply within every type of relationships. Now you've heard this before if you've been around for a while, but you know, over the years as a youth pastor and now as a senior minister for a number of years, I get asked this question a lot by singles and singles again, you know, how can I find the right person for me? How will I know if that person is right for me or where will I find that person? And I always have given them these four C's. The first one is character. Is that, has that person got good character? The second one is, are they committed? Are they, do you see commitment in their life with other things? And the third one is, are you compatible? And the fourth one is chemistry. And I actually put that in that order because often people will put chemistry first. But you know what? If we really want longevity in our relationship, particularly in your marriage and in your covenant relationships, we need to put it in the context of that line. But this morning, I want us to flip it. 
Instead of looking for those things in other people, I want that to be a mirror for us this morning. Possibly add another one or two as well, communication and conflict if we get time. Because if you wanna make a stronger marriage, if you wanna develop more meaningful friendships or you wanna make the right choice when choosing a spouse, then you need to make a better you. And it's not just with singles, it's with everyone. We gotta keep on working on our relationships. And in order to do that, we gotta keep on working on ourselves, on how we respond and be proactive in our relationships. We never stop working on ourselves. I am 57 years old. Yes, I know I look 20, no. (laughs) But I am 57 years old and I'm still working on my relationships. You never stop growing. You never stop working on your relationships because where there is no human investment, There is no human appreciation. Relationships of great value require sacrifice and hard work. I call it sweat equity in your relationships. It takes blood, sweat and tears sometimes. In particular with covenant relationships, in your marriage, in kingdom guided relationships, it's very important that we understand it takes that. When we partner together in the kingdom of God, don't you think there's an enemy out there that wants to split it? See, what you do every day matters more than what you do every once in a while. That's not from me, that's from the Gottman Institute. And so this morning, as we look at these four C's, we're gonna look at the first one and that's character. Be of good character. In other words, pattern your life on the principles from God's Word. What is good character? Good character is strong moral principles and core values where you share the same core values. It's honesty, it's loyalty. It's where we take responsibility for our life and our actions. Everyone wants to put other things on you. you want to, we all want to deflect and put on someone else. But you know what? Good character is when we take responsibility for our own life and our own actions. It begins, be, it begins by having a positive image within your soul on how you want your relationships to look like. Because as a person thinks in his heart, so is he. So principle 101 is treat others the same way you would want them to treat you. And that's found in Luke chapter 6, verse 31. See, what we do is, and we're all guilty of it, we judge people based upon their actions, but we want people to judge us by our good intentions. And it's true, we do that. Because I intended to be, I intended good in that situation. But we need to take responsibility of our life and our actions. So the question is, how do you define your relationships right now? How do you speak to your friends and how do you want your friends to speak to you? How do you behave towards your spouse and how do you want your spouse to behave towards you? How do you honour people, people in authority, in leadership, in authority? In general, we we should all honour one another. And how do you want people to honour you? Are you a trustworthy person? Do you trust people yourself or are you always suspicious? What's a valid disagreement? And what's an invalid disagreement? Do you forgive easy? And how would you like people to forgive you? See, we need to start here. The pattern and design of your life's relationships, this is where we need to start if we really want them to prosper. Because your life is by design. And as mentioned, most people don't have a perfect role model 
They don't. They don't have a perfect picture on what a relationship needs to look like. You know, maybe your parents got divorced. Maybe your parents are together, but they've always been miserable. Maybe your parents were so busy that they were there, but they weren't present. Maybe you had a non-resident father. Maybe you grew up and you thought it was normal for people to hit one another. Maybe you grew up and you thought it was normal that it was okay for people to verbally abuse each other. Maybe you grew up with with your parents being frustrated and they would self-medicate. They would be on the bottle or they would mask things with taking things. There's no perfect home. There's no perfect picture. And that's why it's really important that what we do is we need to change the image and get the right image of what we want relationships to look like. Because this is the reality. Whatever you've watched, you've learned. You know, in Christian life, it gets thrown out so much because we've got to blame it on the spiritual aspect. You know, we say, oh, it must be a generational curse. It's gone down the family line. No, I would say this. Most of the time when people are talking like that, it's not a generational curse. It's because it's what they've learned because they've watched it growing up. So what you've watched, you've learned. Everything about your relationships, whether you know it or not, is actually learned behaviour. So we grow up and we become self-aware of these things. And we say to ourselves, I don't want to be like my dad. I don't want to be like my mum. Or I don't want to be like that family. And we deflect and we blame others for where we're at. Or, you know, I don't have any friends. Well, hang on a sec. you got to be friendly to have friends. See, the problem never changes because how do you create what you have not witnessed or experienced? So instead of reset, we go into default mode. We look for a reference point. We look for an image, a picture of what a good relationship is to look like. And we grow up as children watching fairy tale stories, Disney stories. Then we grow up as adults and we're watching romantic movies. And sadly, there is there is this ugly side that there's adult movies and as well, and then women are being degraded. People's bodies are being degraded. So what we've watched, we've learnt. Your good character is actually taking responsibility for your life and actions and resetting the image you want for your life, resetting the image you want for your relationships. So how do we make something that we have not seen before? See, happily ever after is not a destination. It's actually a journey. Relationships doesn't end in happiness. They start in happiness. A healthy relationship based upon a healthy vision will tell you it doesn't matter what season you're in, what hour you're in, what journey you're on, you will discover happiness as you step along each day, as you go on each day. It's a choice. Your happiness is not determined by how someone treats you, but who you are as a person in the relationship. It's the joy within that you know that you're in right standing with God. So as we look at singles this morning, choose a spouse based upon the patterns, not based upon their potential not on who they could become because you're not Jesus. You're not Jesus. You need to choose 
a spouse that's based upon the principles on a pattern that you see they apply the principles in their life. Don't choose people that need to be rescued or saved. Marry someone who's already standing on their own two feet. Someone who is whole because you're called to walk alongside your partner, not keep on pulling them along all the time. Because what will happen is you end up coming back yourself. Oh, Carolyn, you don't know him. I know his heart. I get that all the time. Yeah, but you know what? He's cheated on you twice. What makes you think he's not going to do it again? I want to meet a good, godly Christian girl. Well, you need to be a good, godly Christian man if you want a good, godly Christian girl. I've heard them all before. Bad company corrupts good character. And good character is get a positive vision for your life's relationship and take responsibility for your actions. Number two, chemistry. Interesting, the definition of chemistry, because when you first think about it, you think, oh, it's all about the outward appearance. But here's the definition. The interaction of one personality with another. It's an emotion of two people sharing a special connection. There is no mention of the physical here. See, fairy tales say that love happens at first sight. I want to tell you that's not love, that's lust. Maybe that is your story, but I want to tell you it's very rare. And if it is, it takes a, I was going to say a terrible word like, damn, that takes a lot of work. I just said it. That takes a lot of work. Because that's what happened with me and, and, and Claude. We met before Christ and it takes a whole lot of work because it starts off that way and then we have to turn the situation around. It might help, you know what? It actually might help to have a conversation with that person. It actually might. It's not, you know, because what it tells you, fairy tale stories tell you that, you know what? It's the outward appearance that's more, in person, more important than the inside of a person. Now, I've, I have been known to be a matchmaker from time to time. Anyone been a part of that? Yeah. I have been known to do that. And, you know, and I've pointed people certain directions and said, look, why don't you go have a coffee with that person? Discover if there's anything else that you'd like to know in that person. And do you know what they've done? Not always, but sometimes. They've looked on the Instagram or the Facebook page to see if they like what they look like first. And I thought, you know what? You can be attracted to someone by their conversation. It's telling us that if we don't do that sort of stuff, then it's telling us that the outward appearance is more important than the inward. And I don't know about you, but I'm looking in the mirror lately and we're all fighting gravity. <laughs> we are dying a slow death. That's the truth. It's one thing for sure that, you know, until if, if Jesus comes back before them, but we're all dying a slow death. Prince Charming doesn't look like Prince Charming anymore in the morning, if you know what I mean. And Cinderella doesn't look like Cinderella anymore, if you know what I mean. That, you know, that's, that's you know, there's a, there's, a, there's a lot of work that needs to happen for us to, you know, there's a lot of work. <laughs> we meet girls and we jokingly say, you know, I'm after a TDH, a tall, dark and handsome. Why don't we change it to someone trustworthy, determined and responsible? <laughs> Let's talk about the marriage people. 
Perhaps the reason why you are struggling in your marriage is because you are measuring your spouse up with a Disney story or romantic love story or an image from a magazine or comparing to an instant story of someone else's marriage. You know what? When I go travelling and I see some of these Insta stories and then I actually go to the place, it's not as great as what it looks. <laughs> it just goes to show we are all normal. And so you know what? We just need to work on who we are as people. We're talking about chemistry here. Friends, it's okay. Give yourself permission to have those meaningful friends, those friends that you have a special connection with. It's okay. You're not in a purple circle. We can be friends with everyone. We can have acquaintance, but it's okay to have special connections with people. As long as we still remain inclusive. That's the most important thing. Maybe in your work situation, chemistry is really important in your work situation. You know, have you, do you work with someone right now and, you know, that chemistry is not quite there. It requires a lot of EGR, extra grace required with that person. You know, even in church life, let's face it, you know, we, it's like we, we can't choose our family and it's the family of God as well. As well. But we've got to find common ground. And, you know, we have something to stand on when it comes to common ground. And with that, it doesn't matter what age or stage you're in. It doesn't matter how old you are or how young. We can all come together and find that common ground and go from strength to strength in our relationships and appreciate for one another for where we're at. It's what we're talking about chemistry here. Getting on with people, different personalities. You know, in, there, there's a lot of strong personalities around. And there's some that aren't as strong. And we've got we, we, we to work on those situations together find common ground. Let's talk about commitment now. Commitment. There is an epidemic of fearing to commit and invest into long and lasting friendships. There is an epidemic. And you know, for us, for our relationships to last the distance, we need relational equity. And so when I say relational equity, we need to be investing into our relationships because commitment is, is, is actually what's required. So principle number two from Jesus Himself, love is demonstrated when a person sacrifices for his friends. It takes great sacrifice. And we read it in John chapter 15. Let's go to it, verse 12. No one turns to their Bible because they're looking at the screen, <laughs> the Scripture. They are now. Verse 12. So this is my commandment. Love each other deeply as much as I have loved you. For the greatest love of all is a love that sacrifices all. And this great love is demonstrated when a person sacrifices his life for his friends. Sacrifice it when someone lays down their life for his friends. See, our culture is in love with the idea of love, but not what love in the Bible actually means. Love is a commitment. Love is a sacrifice. That's the real God kind of love. And today's culture is telling us now to obey our feelings. You know, do, let me tell you, if you base your feeling, if you base your, your uh, love on your feelings, that changes all the time. Don't base your relationships on your feelings or make decisions on how you feel at the time. Because I have been doing life with people for over 30 years. I've been doing ministry with people, long-standing relationships. And, you know, we've gone through the trenches. We've gone through the good times. We've gone through the hard times. We've gone through the tough seasons. And it's the commitment 
that's kept us together. Not because we've always agreed with everything, it's the commitment that we have towards one another. You know, I had coffee with um, the person that led me to Christ just the other day. And you know, this is a long-standing relationship. And we've gone through many seasons together, but you know what? Our love towards one another has never changed. In fact, it's only got deeper. That's what the God kind of love is all about. See, marriage requires an even greater commitment. It's called covenant. I made a vow before God. And this vow is that I will stay with Him for the rest of my life and I will be His helpmeet. And we have made a covenant together. Now, if I had made that vow, if I had gone with my feelings from time to time, I don't know if I'd still be married today. Any married people think the same? See, if you base your covenant on how you feel, then you're, you're already on dangerous ground. See, the statistics have proved that arranged marriages have lasted longer because it's based upon commitment. In the Western society, we marry who we love. In the Eastern world, we love the person we marry. Granted, this is not always the God kind of Christ love. But the point I'm trying to make is, love has been reduced to a feeling and not a commitment. And love is actually a commitment. Most often used verse when we're talking about husbands and wives is found in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21. And I'll paraphrase it. It says, wives submit or commit to your husband's leadership. And then it goes on to say, husbands love your wife or your wife as Christ has loved the church who laid down His life. And I looked at that and I thought, you know, nowhere does it say that I'm to love my husband, but I am to submit and commit to my husband. I'm to respect my husband's leadership. And it says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loves the church. I looked at this and I thought, wow, that's pretty heavy. Because she knows if a man has made a commitment to submit under the Lordship of Jesus Christ, she will be loved and he will be respected. Because no woman wants to be in submission to a man who isn't in submission to God. It's about being submitted unto God and being submitted to one another. See, one of the greatest obstacles to our relationships is that we would still have the wrong definition of what actually what love really is. You know, as I was growing up as a teenager, and as my heart got broken many times, many, many times my heart got broken. I would sit next to my tape recorder or my, or my record and I would listen to Rod Stewart. <laughs> the first cut is the deepest. <laughs> And I would wallow in my misery. I would wallow in it and I'd go, <laughs> it is, it's painful. Or I would listen to Lionel Richie. Anyone know Lionel Richie? My love, there's only you in my life. <laughs> you, aren't you glad I never sang to Claude when we go around? <laughs> it just gave me an excuse to get more and more depressed. It really did. See, if love is more than a feeling, then love is nothing more than a trend and trends go in and out of style just like these songs. There's other songs now and my goodness, the definition of love in these songs. I'm getting my nails done on Saturday morning and I'm looking at some of those. It's shocking, absolutely shocking. Principle number three. 
love never gives up. Love never gives up. Love never gives up. You're not a quitter. You're a fighter. You believe it. Love never gives up. Love never loses faith. This is what love really is. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wronged. Oh, that's a big one. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever truth wins out. Love never gives up. Love never loses faith. Is always hopeful and endures through every circumstances. Endures through every circumstances. See, every word that comes after love is not an emotion, is not a feeling, because love is not a feeling. Love is actually a decision we make. If you make every decision based on your feelings, there won't be any longevity in your relationships because your feelings change. And over and over again, what I want to focus on sometimes, my feelings disagree. You know, my, so I want to focus on really just growing in God and getting into the Word. And sometimes my feelings disagree. My flesh is at enmity with my spirit. I want to focus on my husband, but sometimes my feelings disagree. I want to focus on eating right, staying fit, but sometimes my feelings disagree. Anyone love to go to the gym? No, we don't. We just go because we, we need to go. I want to focus on staying positive and believing the best in everyone. But sometimes my feelings disagree with that. We can't go on our feelings. Love is a decision. And we can't make decisions based upon our feelings. We have to decide and then allow our feelings to follow. That's why we tell you all the time, you've got to lead your heart, not follow your heart because your follow, following your heart will let you down. If you don't break up with your feelings, your feelings will break you. There is no relationship that has no strings attached. You've seen that movie? I haven't, but I've seen the thing. It will cost you. You've got to make a commitment. And now this flows on into church life. We go to church based upon how we feel at the time. We give on how we feel at the time. We serve on how we feel at the time. But you know what? Love to God is a commitment. It's a commitment. And commitment is making a decision and sticking to it. Number three, being compatible. The definition of compatibility is capable of existing or living together in harmony, remaining connected together. My definition is compatibility and common sense. It's just common sense. We call it emotional intelligence. And you know, how many of us heard this thing that common sense is not that common? Sometimes you just got to have common sense on who you're aligning yourself with. The decision you need to ask is, are you going in the same direction in life? Amos 3.3 says, how can two walk together without agreeing where to go? You got to walk together and agree where you want to go. That's why it's not so much about meeting someone in church because everyone's on a journey in church. So, you know, I know that doesn't happen here, but there's some people that just come to church because they want to meet a hottie. They go to youth just because they want to meet someone. You got to go, you got to meet someone and find out whether you're going in the same direction. 
It's all about alignment. 2 Corinthians 6.14 tells us, Do not team up with unbelievers in mismatch alliance for what partnership is there between righteousness and rebellion. It's talking about people who, um, who, are, who are aligning themselves before they meet someone with someone who's not a Christian. But you know what? You can be in church. That doesn't mean you're a Christian. You can be in church. doesn't mean you're a follower. It's about working out where you want to go in life. And it's, and it's going, it's asking the big things on, you know, who's your master? Who's your Lord? You know, when things go AWOL, where are you going to go? Are you going to go to the Word of God or are you going to go on social media? Are you going, or are you going to go Google it? Or are you going to make a decision based upon what you think or feel? No, it's about aligning yourself to the Word of God and say, are you on the same page? How do you want to raise your children? It's not about, oh, that person doesn't like riding bikes. That person doesn't like, you know, watching the footy. They're the little things. It's about the big things, asking the big stuff in those situations. It would not be emotionally intelligent to team up or get into partnership with a person that doesn't share the same core values or moral standards. See, this Scripture is often used to help singles. But what about this? What about church family? What about aligning with the vision? Are you on the same bus or are you hopping off and on all the time? Are you compatible with the vision that where we're going? Are, are you really excited about where we're going? You know, for our true north is that we want to know Him and make Him known to others. We want to disciple people into eternity. That, that's the basic of it all. We have a mission and a focus and our vision is people. You know, we need resource, but it's all about people. It's all about making room for others. What about kingdom-guided relationships? Partnering with the work of God through kingdom relationships. Our mission focus. Business partnerships. Oh man, you know, oh, you know you're probably thinking this morning, if you're just hearing this for the first time, you wish you had heard it before. Partnerships fail. If we go into family, we go into business with Christians thinking, oh, you know, we're both Christians or friends. If there's no agreed role, Roles, goals and expectations. If the investment isn't into both of them. You know, you've heard things saying like, you know, don't go into, into business with, with family because it's not that. It's about not having agreed roles, goals and expectations and having the same amount of investment into the business. Friends, a close friend is one that shares core values and moral standards. We have lots of acquaintances, but unless you've got the same moral standards and core values, you're not going to go in the same direction. Singles, once again, just because someone goes to church doesn't mean they're on the same page. Is God first in your lives? See, our relationships are to be lived by faith, not fate. Fate is foolishness. But faith turns us into responsible human beings. Faith leads to action. Faith is this idea that we are not in control. God is in control of my life because I have let Him be in control of my life. Yes, He is sovereign. It is the providence of God, all that sort of stuff. But because my steps are ordered of the Lord, because I follow after Him, I, I allow Him to take control of my life. And so I don't live by faith, I live by faith. I also believe that we need to be responsible for relationships to, to make it work. And it's having common sense in this situation. Faith gives way to myth. Faith creates bumper stickers to live by. Find my soulmate. You complete me. Oh my goodness. There's that one person for me. You know, if that happened, we'd all be in trouble because we've all made mistakes somewhere along the line. 
I am married to the person in the world for me because I decided it and I'm gonna give my best and make a better me in it. See, when you live by fate, fate creates excuses and our relationships are to be lived out by faith. Compatibility breaks up with fate and we live our relationships through faith. So this morning, did you get something? I've tried to just reach everyone this morning. It's about resetting your relationships. Be of good character. Stay committed. You know what? Love is a decision we make. It's a commitment. It's about being compatible. You know, allowing ourselves to get on the common ground of, of whatever relationship we're in. Find common ground. Be compatible. And chemistry. Chemistry is not physical. Chemistry is about just being that's having that special connection with somebody. And the other two, as I mentioned, is about communication and conflict. And we're not going to have time, and I didn't think we had, but I just wanted to mention that because that's something we might bring up at another point. And so this morning, now I recognise that most of our deepest hurts come from relationships. Some of our hardest things to get over are actually attached to people. One bad relationship can ruin all the other relationships. So the last principle this morning is in, you can tinkle, that's fine. It says, forgive in the same way God has forgiven you. Maybe this morning you've experienced someone failing you. Maybe your spouse failed you. Maybe your mum failed you. Maybe your dad failed you. Maybe that boyfriend promised that he was going to stay with you and he didn't, he left. Maybe your spouse left you. Or maybe you've been abused verbally, emotionally or physically. Someone has failed you. A situation has failed you. And you've made this inner vow. And you said, I'll never trust again. I'll never trust again. That's a dangerous vow to make. Because relationships are always going to require us to trust again, to hope again, to believe again, to risk again. Yes, we do need time to heal. But it's dangerous to make that inner vow because you close off your heart. And you say those inner vows that you make can actually stop you from actually moving into a a relationship that's right in front of you. Maybe it's you, you're struggling with the fact that you have failed You've done those things to people. Maybe you were the one that hurt that person. You cheated. You verbally abused. You lifted your hand. You left. Just because you've made that mistake doesn't mean you're going to fail in the other relationships. Maybe you've been sexually active before you married. Why not today make a decision that you might not be someone's first, but you can be someone's last? It is possible to become a spiritual virgin all over again if you make a commitment to God. See, if you don't confront your failure, repent to God and actually forgive yourself, failure will confront you again. You'll bring baggage into your next relationship. So it's it's time this morning that we just let go of those things. Ask God to forgive us, repent, but then forgive yourself. Don't give up, stop quick, Quitting, 
Make a better you. Make a decision that I'm not going to be reactive. I'm going to be responsive. I'm going to be proactive and I'm going to take responsibility for my life and actions. I'm not going to blame others for everything that's gone wrong. That may have been someone else's decision, but it's up to you on what you do, how you're going to move forward. We all let each other down and we have to constantly have to forgive each other. And we do not always speak right about each other or towards each other. But it starts with us by forgiveness. I'm going to fail my husband. And you know what? My husband's going to fail me. And we have to resolve in our hearts that even though we ask for forgiveness and we should forgive, love is never having to say you're sorry because you've already forgiven and that person has already forgiven you. However, it's important that we need to do it. See, if you're tired of starting over, why don't you commit to the messiness and start making a better you? Deal with the messiness and let God make a message out of it. C.S. Lewis says this, you can't go back and change the beginning, but you can start where you are and change the ending. You can reset and rewrite the narrative of your life's relationships by making a decision from here on, I'm going to be a person of good character. I'm going to stick to my commitment. I'm going to make sure that, you know, I stay compatible with where we're going. We're going to align myself that even though I've diverted, we're going to stay compatible. And I'm going to make sure that the chemistry is that I find common ground with everyone. This is the end of the podcast. For more information about C3 Rockingham, please visit www.c3r.org.au or call us on 9524 5055.